You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Danielle Davis. And I'm Jacob Sheckman. We're part of Your Future is Our Business, which is a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps local students explore careers by connecting them to career professionals through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. You're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview and highlight the career journeys of inspirational people in Santa Cruz County. If you've ever thought, how did they get that job? Or what is that job even really like? Then keep on listening. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. Please note that the information provided during the program does not reflect the career in its entirety. And today we are joined by Terry Oropesa. Thank you for being here today, Terry. It's great to be here. All right. Terry, could you please tell us what it is you do in your official career title, where you are, and what you'd like to talk about today? Oh, that's a good one. Well, my name is Terry Oropesa, as we already covered, and my current title is a faculty uh, computer and information systems at Cabrillo College. But what I really want to talk about and what I talk about in my job as faculty is my career in information technology and how I got there. All right. Wonderful. Great. What is information technology? And please, please tell us about your background and how you got into that. Information technology, I think it's, it's kind of hard to get a, a short description of it because information technology is the computers, the networks, the applications, the security of all the technical components that are the underpinnings of pretty much everything that we do in all industries. So here in our area, because we're close to Silicon Valley, we think of it as tech, but it's so much more than that. And the people that work in information technology help to design, implement, maintain, and support all of that stuff. All the stuff we're using here today, the microphones, the mixer board, all of that is at its base information technology. Wow. All right. So Wow. So which, super broad. It has become super broad because yeah. it's pervasive. It's underlying all the things that we do. If you think about there's an outage, all the things that you depend on, your computers, your phone, your network, your TV, all has information technology underlying it. And so what we do at Cabrillo in training t students for future careers, which are all in-demand jobs and growing at double digits, information technology is underlying a lot of that. And so what are some example career titles of people who major in information technology? We have, starting with Cabrillo specifically, we have two degrees as well as a lot of certificates. So our one degree is Computer Support Specialist. And another degree is computer network and system administration, when we also have computer science. So those are three different commonly heard titles and commonly addressed academic programs. Cybersecurity is also another one. So let's say a title would be a help desk system admin, a network security analyst, a audiovisual technician. If you go into retail, a point of sale service technician and all the cash registers things like that. Wow. So, so a variety did, of titles. Where did you start? What, what was, how was your entrance into <laughs> so this field? My, I was once on a panel and they asked me, how did I end up in a STEM career? And I, I laughed because I did not choose a STEM career. It chose mm -hmm. me. My original vocation was teaching. Since the time I was in the sixth grade, I wanted to be a teacher. And I went to San Jose State and I was um, an English major originally. Wow. Really? And because I was really always good at English and my English teacher encouraged me to be an English major. So I went to San Jose State because I'm a San Jose native, third generation. 
And I majored in, of course, you do all the general ed first, but I did have, took some of my major courses and I said, these are not my people. They were talking about things like subtextures of English poems. I was like, I don't think these are my people. So I really enjoyed physical education and that my courses that I was taking in physical education. So I changed my major, changed my minor a few times too, but I became a PE teacher. So I graduated wow. with a teaching credential <laughs> and a minor in theater arts drama because I also love dance. And But by the time I graduated, there was a big change in the tax structure in California. Some of you may have heard of it. Prop 13. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so Prop 13 really made my original career choice of being a teacher no longer an option. Can you please yeah, can give you a brief elaborate? description for what Prop so 13 Prop did? So Prop 13, the schools are funded through property tax. And at that time, the properties, as they continue to, the properties were ever escalating in value in California. And so were the percentages that homeowners paid on their properties. And so the way it was going at that time, many people would be priced out of their homes. So Prop 13 limited the amount that property taxes could go up and that sort of locked it into a particular assessed value, even if your property continued to assess in value, if you were already there, you were locked in to what your property taxes would be. And so that really reduced the amount of money that was going into schools right. at, at, from that point on. Wow, I'm surprised. I, I feel like I should have known about that. When, what you know, year it's been so long. It's 1977. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> then I feel slightly so, better. <laughs> it, yeah, it's been so long ago that many people don't recognize Jarvis Gann or Prop 13 anymore. And so with your background in education, how exactly did you transfer that knowledge and everything into the tech world? So it was, you know, I loved technology. So after I got out of college, I had to get a job. So I got a job that was just like a part-time secretarial admin job at the time for the Chamber of Commerce in San Jose. And there happened to be this one person who did a lot, all the typing, all the transcription typing for the whole the whole organization. And she had this, what was an IBM Selectric mag card typewriter. And it was so cool because it remembered what you typed. Now, that doesn't seem so cool today because we all have computers and phones that remember everything we type and say. But at the time, that was like major. Otherwise, if you typed a letter, you had to type that letter every keystroke over and over. But with the mag card typewriter, it remembered it. And I thought that was so cool that I got her to teach me how to use it. And it was all programmatic language that you had to put in these codes and stuff. So that was the first thing. And then from there, I learned typesetting and I went, I got a certificate in graphic arts. And that's how I ended up at a certain point deciding to open a desktop publishing service bureau in 1985. So wow. the laser writer was introduced by Apple. They already had the Macintosh out. I, they were so cool. I really wanted one of those. I wanted to learn. I taught myself how to use a personal computer. And I decided, I did a bunch of research, developed a business plan, got investors, and I opened what then became to be known as a desktop publishing service bureau. Like Kinko's or like FedEx offices now, you go in and they have all the computers and the copiers there. Well, that was, it was innovative at the time in 85. So I bought a laser writer, it was $79.95, $7,995. Wow. And two Macintoshes, oh which were $3,995 each, and opened a retail space in Willow Glen area of San Jose. 
and called Copy Inc. And we were one of the first in the nation. And by virtue of that, you know, learned to use a computer and just kept learning more and more things about computers. My husband's also a system admin. So between the two of us, he's more on the computer science side. You know, we learn to do things with those computers that are really simple now, but then they weren't that simple. There was only like three applications. You know, I just thought it was, I saw the, the opportunity there to have that access to the arts and flyers and all those things that used to be difficult to do. Now it was right there in the computer. And so I learned of, through a friend of mine, I learned of a company called Alpha Graphics, who was a big franchise, and they were they were going in big into this whole desktop publishing thing. So I'm like, well, must be a good idea then. Did you end up competing against them? Um, they did end up coming into San Jose, and they were one of the competitions, but I, an- I had the business for nine years, uh-huh. and it was very successful as far as uh, sales and customers and it was a lot of fun. A lot of money had to go into it over and over again, if you can consider the cost of the equipment that we had to use. Um, but eventually what put us out of business was Kinko's opened up down the street from us. And their footprint was so large that we just really couldn't compete with the marketing that came with them that said that they were so much cheaper, even though they really mm-hmm. weren't. But customers believed they were. And at that by that time, I was like, okay, I think I've had enough of this. And but, you know, the, the whole experience of owning my own business and having employees, it was so much fun and learned so much that when I closed the business, I did some consulting in Macintosh. I was a Macintosh expert, but um, I went into consulting with mostly small business, helping them implement their accounting systems and they're putting in their networks. I was a certified Apple technician at the time, and I decided to, on a whim, I, I looked in DICE, which is a job board for technical contingent staffing, part-time stuff. I typed in Macintosh, and back then there really wasn't very much in the corporate world with Macintosh. But I did come up with a couple jobs. I sent my resume in to the recruiter. The recruiter called me back really fast and said, you have 10 years of system administration experience. And I said, I do? Oh, I do. (laughs) And, you know, I just, at that point is when I realized that I was in the IT field because I hadn't looked at it that way. I was, you know, I was a PE teacher who kind of liked to do computers and had developed a skill. And I didn't consider myself an IT person like my husband is, but I realized that I was. And so I went for a one month contract at this company called Synopsys in Mountain View. And I stayed there for 23 years as IT. I was a system admin, a knowledge manager. I did training. And eventually, um, when the downturn started in 2000, Synopsys saw it coming and they started to make adjustments and they had to lay off some people and they asked me to be the help desk manager. And I said, sure. And I was the help desk manager for 18 years. And then two years ago, they offered me an early retirement and I took it. And the day after that, I saw my friend, uh, I sent a note to my friend at Cabrillo, who's in the department was head of the department for computer and information systems. And I said, you know, I'd love to be a guest speaker or anything like that, I, you know, because I was originally a teacher. And he said, well, actually, we have this op- this opening. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was retired for one day. <laughs> and now here you are, and now faculty at Cabrillo. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah. it only took me 40 years to get my first teaching job. <laughs> <laughs> but working with wow. students, which is what I do now, and why we're having this conversation today, and how I ended up with Your Future's Our Business is 
all that same interest that I've had of mentoring people, bringing them forward, giving them ideas about what they could be, even if they start on a path that's not that path, which is definitely how mine was. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman. And I'm Danielle Davis. Today, we're speaking with Terry Oropesa and learning about her career journey to becoming an information technology expert. You've been at Career for two years now, you said? Two years this month, which just amazes me that it's been two years already. You've described it as your first teaching job, but really... You've, I'm sure you've taught. Well, I did my student teaching and all yeah. that. Yeah, but every e- job I've even had. in between. Yeah, yes. of course, the training you described. Mm-hmm. You, you've been likely a teacher for quite some time. But let's say within these past two years, has there been anything that's happened that's already very unexpected and stuck with you? Maybe anything at all that you can think of that's maybe thrown a curveball for you? Well, certainly the world of higher education is very different than the world than the corporate world in a number of ways and. One of the ways is that within higher education, there there is the concept of academic freedom. And so teachers, although there's curriculum and there's a curriculum process, that means if I want to teach a new class, I have to develop curriculum based on certain standards and certain processes. And then it goes through a whole process, which can take up to two years before you get to put a new class in. We often get some grief from our local community advisory people because it's like, why can't you just teach cloud right now. But it takes a year to two years to get something new through curriculum. Whereas in the corporate world, it's like, do it, do it now, do it yesterday. And also the other really big difference that's been eye-opening to me coming from the corporate world for so long is in the corporate world, you have annual, you know, you have a large goal and then you have smaller goals and you have individual goals and you really are pushed to push to meet certain deadlines and requirements. Although there's a lot of work on projects within higher ed as well, it it doesn't have that same sort of top-down push. It's very much a collaborative environment, you know, and more horizontal. That's from my perspective. So one thing that is something we ask a lot of people, but I think is especially relevant to your path, is how some major changes in the industry that you've seen throughout the years. And I mean, I think that's just so clear that change is happening happening so rapidly. How has that affected your career path? Well, I think, and I talk about this a little bit with students as well, and that's a really good question, is that the rate of change is very fast. And in fact, one of the things that you have to be ready to do is to change all the time. But when I first started as a help desk manager in 2001, I went to a conference and one of the people that I met there, she had this really cool thing called a Blackberry. And (laughs) um, it was so amazing. And then, you know, came from there, the Palm Pilot. And now it's the concept that that would be amazing is almost amazing Mm -hmm. because phones are ubiquitous, right? And we spent a lot of time arguing in the early days over, you know, is it a PC better or is a Mac better? And now it doesn't really matter because the devices... It's like, forget about it. You just, you know, there's going to be something new. It's coming all the time. So in my industry, certainly in in supporting technology, I think you have to be prepared for change all the time. 
And, yeah, sure. uh, and for me, that's exciting. So if that's uh-huh. not exciting to you, perhaps this is not the right career for you. Yeah. Um, because you really do need to turn on a dime often. And constantly learning. Constantly. And you're constantly learning. And you have to, ha- there needs to be a joy in that. Another major change in IT is when I first started at Synopsys coming from customer service of owning my own business and my father had a business and I was, you know, he was in sales. And so the customer was always very central to my business. And when I went into the corporate world in IT, it was back in the days of the IT guy. They were so special and, you know, they didn't treat people well. And you could get away with that 30 years ago. You cannot get away with that anymore. You're not the you're not the only smart person in the room, and you really need to have customer service skills. So, the soft skills are very important, even in technology jobs. And I I do work in addition to teaching. I work a lot with community outreach as well as student outreach. And so I talk to a lot of employers locally because one of my jobs is finding opportunities for work experience and jobs for our students. And we hear this over and over again from employers. It's like I can teach you the technical stuff. If you have an aptitude and a passion for technology, I can teach you the technical stuff. You can learn programming. You can learn networking. You can learn cybersecurity. But I cannot change you if your personal joy doesn't come from some of that enacting with people. And every job in IT and computers in general, there's a person somewhere. You at least have to interact with your boss. Mm -hmm. But most likely, you're going to have to interact with a, a lot of people. So the idea that you know, you're going to become a, a programmer and you're just going to not, never have to deal with those pesty people again. That's not going to happen. So do those students who share that attitude, do they just generally not last in the program? They often finish the program, but it's hard to place them anywhere because they don't do well in interviews. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't even want to, like, practice the interviewing skills. And as far as I understand, this isn't a class, right? This is an, uh, an extracurricular program that you run? So I teach one class <laughs> as part of the faculty, but then I do a lot of other things that are part of teaching that are under the faculty umbrella, but they're not in the classroom specifically. Right. Like the Your Futures Our Business Career Fairs, like working with Office of Education, CTE programs, interviewing students. And we do have an apprenticeship program. So getting local employers to come and join and be one of our apprenticeship employers, things like that. And how do you go about bringing students into these? So I speak to all the classes every semester and I go and talk with them about work experience and using some of my own experiences, convince them that even if their goal is to transfer, because sometimes you see that the four-year transfer students are like, ah, I'm going to UC. I don't need to worry about this now. Yet, one of my very first interns at Synopsys was a young man who was a computer engineering major. And he had gone to a very good engineering school back east. He had studied and put his head down and did really well in school. And then he came home to Cupertino and he could not find a job because he had no work experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he pivoted and he went back to, to De Anza College and he enrolled in their one of their programs called CompTex um, and took some classes. And by virtue of being in this CompTex program where they train the students to work on computers and then they place the students at local employers, one of them was us, to get internships. So he came to work at, for us at Synopsys and he helped staff our walk-up help desk and answer questions and learn about IT in general. And after only working at Synopsys for, I, I don't think it was even six months, he was able to put intern 
Synopsis, and he was able to get a job at another company that was in the same industry as Synopsis because he had Synopsis on his resume. And now he's a director. <laughs> a director of? Of He's a, I can't remember which company he works for, but he's a, he directs actually the university program for a tech company over the hill. Wow. So the, the big difference was getting that work experience. He needed that work experience because, and so I do speak to the students in the classes, as well as doing, of course, the career fairs and talk about work experience. And we have a Google form, they fill out the form, then we bring them in and we work on their resume, we work with their interviewing skills. And having been a manager for so many years, I'm very direct to say, like, you need to practice your interviewing skills and, or, you know, your idea of what you think you're going to do, it's not going to happen. You need to adjust. And most, most of them, they are very willing to adjust. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman. And I'm Danielle Davis. Today, we're speaking with Terry Oropesa and learning about her career journey to becoming an information technology expert. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Information provided during this program does not necessarily reflect this career in its entirety. One thing I do, I'm curious about is, so there is a lot of education programs Mm -hmm. at Cabrillo for IT. And so... What sorts of career paths are available for someone who pursues a path at Cabrillo versus if you pursue a degree at a four-year university Mm -hmm. and transferring? Because from my understanding, you can get jobs from those two years at Cabrillo if you Mm -hmm. complete a – get your AA. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. So could you elaborate more on what that looks like for Um, students? So – IT is still a career that has a lot of opportunity, even if you don't have a two-year degree, if you have the experience and you have the passion for technology. So there, there are a number of people that still get jobs, even though they don't have any degrees under their belt. We have two degrees as well as many certificates. The one degree is computer support specialist, and the other one is computer networking and system administration. So from the two-year program, then they, they're local jobs. So if you if you do a search in LinkedIn or any of the job boards for IT support, you're going to find many, many jobs. And if they have gotten the two-year degree and they have some work experience, they're going to qualify for those jobs. However, even though many jobs no longer say four-year and many companies have taken down that barrier language that says four-year degree required because they need employees, there's there's definitely more jobs than there are potential employees, that four-year degree is still going to benefit you along your career path. And then there are some positions where you're not going to get that position unless you have the four-year degree. Software engineer, cybersecurity engineer, the the higher level jobs, you're going to need the four-year degree. So then you go on to to the four-year program at San Jose State, UC Santa Cruz, other places like that to finish that four-year degree. Is there anything you learned along the way in your in this career in information technology that you wish you had known about at the beginning? I would tell my younger self, be patient, be flexible, enjoy what you do. You, you're going to work for a really long time. And so whatever it is that you do, I think it's best if you enjoy it. That doesn't mean you're going to love every single minute of every single thing that you do, because there's going to be times when you don't love it. 
but they're always remember the parts that you love about it. Can you tell us about a time when you really, really did not love it? <laughs> and how did you push through? Certainly the downturn was a very challenging time in technology and in this valley. There was a lot of pressure on all of us in technology because we were losing a lot of people during that time. So that was probably the closest time to when I didn't really love it. And driving over the hill, I didn't really love that either. So how did I push through? I looked at the thing. I, I made goals for myself. I had themes for my year that would focus on some of the things that I was really wanting to do. So theme and intentions was a big part of how I made it through some of those very challenging years when I was close to not loving it. I looked at other jobs, looked at other companies, even applied for some jobs. And then just the process of changing my focus from things I didn't love to something else for even a short amount of time, then practically every time something would happen in my job that would change me back to loving it. For instance, I was very close to not staying at Synopsis at one point and dealing with some challenging management. That's probably one of the things that's the hardest, mm -hmm. challenging management. Um, that's a very good way to put that. <laughs> and um, was very close to, to really pursuing another opportunity. And they gave me a, an employee excellence. I, I got the Employee Excellence Award for the whole IT department. Mm -hmm. wow. Synopsis is like 11,000 people at the time. Oh my God. And um, <laughs> so this was an annual program that many companies have something like this. The annual program, there was one excellence employee awarded in IT. It was never somebody in support. It was always somebody in applications or infrastructure. And I, I got it as the help desk manager. And so that was like, oh my God. I, I really must be doing a good job. And so reminding yourself that you're doing a good job at something that in the parts that you love about that job, I think that's what has pushed me through some challenging times. And similarly, my business, when we weren't always making money and we eventually closed because we couldn't sustain the competition from Kinko's, the things that I loved about it, reminding yourself the things that you love. And if you don't love them, perhaps now is really time. To find something you do love. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going off of that, what is a piece of advice you can give to graduating high schoolers who are just mm -hmm. beginning to think about their career, whether they're going to community college or going to a four-year or maybe not going to college at all? Mm -hmm. What are some pieces of advice you could give them about their career journey mm -hmm. at that age? That's a good one. And, um, you know, when I did own Copy Inc., my business in the printing business, that, and, and I think it still persists today. That type of business where it's that minimum wage job and many of the employees that we had, all the employees that we had, were, were people that didn't go to college. And I realized that they're, the biggest thing about that choice of not going to college versus going to college is that when you go into a job at 18 and you don't succeed in that job and maybe you, you're having too good of a time and you're not <laughs> really the best employee <laughs> – you get fired. That's a very big reversal in your fortunes at that time. But if you go to college and you then get to reset every semester. So you have that window of that four years or six years or however long it takes you to really grow up. So I think that going to college gives you the opportunity to really mature and grow up. It did for me. And certainly it would have been good for some of my employees that struggled because they were making some poor decisions. So I think it's, you know, maybe you don't know what you want to be, but if you go to community college, you don't have to know. We have programs 
that can help you explore. It doesn't have to be a four-year college. You don't need to decide exactly what your major is going to be because you might change it anyway. I did more than once. But being in college gives you that time to learn and explore. And doing some of that while you're working has more perhaps penalties (laughs) than doing it in college. And of course, now you can go to college in California, uh, go to any community college, and it's it's free. The oh tuition gosh, is free right. for any community college, for any recent high school graduate. So long as you're taking 12 units, you don't pay the $47 a unit. So that doesn't pay for housing, but you know, maybe you stay at home a little longer. That going to college, it really gives you that chance to explore and mature. Great. That's great advice. I think that, I mean, I don't know if you have any more questions, but I believe you're good on time. Or... Yeah, we are. We are certainly good on time. Oh, actually, no, I do have one more, one that I do like to ask a lot. If you were to hire someone to replace you for your current job, what traits would you be looking for? So I'm going to go to my current job as my job as an IT manager, Mm -hmm. Um, because I actually had to do that as I was retiring. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's right. I had to bring somebody else that was in a different role into it. So some of the traits that I look for are the joy of technology, the passion for technology, the passion of learning new things. And actually, this applies to being a teacher too, the the joy of bringing somebody else along their path, whether that be as a manager or as as an instructor. It's like that to me, if you as one of my interns or my employees, if you're going to succeed at some day, that's actually my joy. And I look back at my whole career, including even when I was just working as an admin of the people that I started along on their journey and now and where they are now. That's my joy. Great. Thank you. Thank you for telling us everything about (laughs) your expertise and your journey. My pleasure. Thank you to all of our KSQD listeners for tuning in to today's career story. My name is Danielle Davis. And I'm Jacob Sheckman. Today, we have heard from Terry Oropesa and her career journey in IT technology. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM K-Squid in Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays or stream online at ksqd.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>